morning, everyone. Welcome to God's House for Worship today. What would a 2,000-year-old ship look like that had been abandoned? Just image in mind. Overturned, floating, washed up on some shore somewhere. That's not the picture of the church. As Jesus has ascended into heaven, he's still leading this and directing it and guiding each and every one of us to the heavenly shores that he desires. We're going to see that in our readings in the Word of God coming up. Order of service is found in your worship folder uh, and on screen. At this time, we begin with the opening anthem, and as soon as that is done, we'll go right into the opening hymn.
name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Let us then confess our sins to the Lord. Almighty and merciful Father, we have strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed what we have devised and desired in our hearts. We have offended you and sinned against your holy law. We have done those things that we should not have done. We have not done those things that we should have done. Have mercy on us, Lord. Spare us, forgive us, and restore us, according to your promises in Christ Jesus. God, our merciful Father, has forgiven all of our sins. He sent his Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Redeemer and Savior. Jesus paid the penalty for our guilt, by his death on the cross and freed us from death by his resurrection from the grave. We have peace with God now and forever. Almighty God, your Son, our Savior, was taken up in glory and intercedes for us at your right hand. Through your living and abiding word, give us hearts to know him and faith to follow where he has gone, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. The church is not leaderless. The church is thriving and well, even in tough times. Now imagine what it was like right after the ascension. Jesus has left. The disciples gather the church together and they've got to acknowledge the elephant in the room. An apostle went bad. Wow. And they do. With the word of God and law and gospel, they put the issues right out there. They stick with the word and they let Christ lead. Our lesson from Acts chapter 1. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem 
from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120, and said, Brothers and sisters, the scripture had to be fulfilled in which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through David concerning Judas, who served as a guide for those who arrested Jesus. He was one of our number and shared in our ministry. With the payment he received for his wickedness, Judas bought a field. There he fell headlong, his body burst open, and all his intestines spilled out. Everyone in Jerusalem heard about this, so they called that field in their language, Akeldama, that is, the field of blood. For, said Peter, it is written in the book of Psalms, May his place be deserted, let there be no one to dwell in it. And, may another take his place of leadership. Therefore, it is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus was living among us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us. For one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. So they nominated two men, Joseph called Barsabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry which Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they cast lots, and the lot fell to Matthias. So he was added to the eleven apostles. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you. 
second lesson this morning from 1 Peter 5 serves as a basis for the sermon. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you've suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. The word of the Lord. Please stand. The gospel this morning from John chapter 17, it's uh, Monday, Thursday, when G- or early Good Friday morning, Jesus is in the garden and he prays this prayer. Circumstances were tough, just like our first lesson with, with the apostles, acknowledging a disciple or apostle went bad. Here's Jesus in a tough time too, recognizing his life is about to end. And yet he prays to God for leadership to glorify him and to lead the church forward. We read, After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they've obeyed your word. Now that they know that everything you have given me comes from you, for I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours and all you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world and I am coming to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated for the hymn.
name of Jesus who continues to lead the church and his people, dear brothers and sisters. Do you remember Joseph? Remember when he went down to Egypt? Remember how he went down to Egypt? Because it wasn't willing. It wasn't voluntary. The guy was sold into slavery. His brothers did it to him. They forced him down into slavery and basically to become a prisoner. And yet remember what Joseph said at the end of his life. As his appearance and identity is now made known to the brothers, they're standing shocked before him. They realize he's second in command over all of Egypt. And Joseph has the audacity to say to them, God did it. God did this. Yeah, you were the visible people who did what you did. But God did this to me for good, for the saving of many lives. It's God who sent me down here to slavery. God who sent me into prison. God who was tough on me. God humbled me. And I accepted it. And he lifted me up in due time. Would you accept that too? Would you and will you accept God's humbling that he sends to you in life? When God does that to people today, when God humbles you, when he sends difficulty in your life, and we all have it, it may not be for the same purpose as Joseph. The saving of many lives, it may be for a very, very simple reason. Just the saving of yours. It's that important. When God sends humbling things into your life, it's to keep us in a certain attitude and especially in the faith. The phrase at the beginning of Peter, it says, humble yourselves. And it sounds like we're the ones who do the humbling. It sounds like we're up here and we need to make ourselves down here. But that's not what Peter's saying. If you look at the full sentence, it, it kind of pops off a little bit more when it says, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand. God's got a mighty hand. If you look at his mighty acts of the past, especially in the Old Testament, how he humbled the children of Israel, how he humbled even the Egyptians when the Israelites left. God has a way of humbling anybody and everybody under his mighty hand, but especially he humbles his people. It's the humility of faith that he's talking about. How grace humbles. Sin can humble too, but grace is even greater. And so he leads us to trust him. He leads us to trust his grace. He leads us to trust his mercy. Even under difficult times. And he leads us then when we see his mighty hand and what he does to us, both the good and the tough, to accept it. To accept what it, like Joseph, what he sends our way. Lord, I accept as hard as it might be, but I also trust that you with your mighty hand, Lord, that you are the one who lifts us up. And I'll wait for that the same way Joseph did. And so really the thrust of humble yourself from Peter is stay in that humble spot. Stay there. Don't step out of it. Because one way 
Christians can step out of that humility, and Peter gives you an example right after this, is by a lack of prayer. Prayer is heart-to-heart talk with God, the triune God, the true God, but prayer is a response to faith. And so prayer is really a response to the humility of faith. God, again, puts us in that position, gives us faith, and we respond by talking to him about these things. Lord, I recognize I don't have the answers for this, but I know you do. And so I want to talk to you about it. I want to lay these things on you. Lord, I look to you for help. I look to lay these things on you because no matter what your answer is, whether you ease up, whether you solve the situation, whether you just give me strength through it, whether you don't solve it and you let it continue to fester like a thorn in the flesh, no matter what your answer is, I know you care for me. Your heart is always there and you love to help and listen to your Christian servant. Same thing with Joseph. When he was in prison all of those years, God loved to listen. God didn't solve it right away. God loved to help him and listen to his prayers. What macho man loves to say is something like that. I need to rely on my Father in heaven and his strength and I don't have the answers. What Hollywood diva talks like that when when she's before the, the, the cameras? Before I come out for this big party or whatever, before I come out for my big presentation or whatever acting role I have, I go into my bedroom and I close the door and I get down on my knees and I fold my hands and I talk to my dear father who's in heaven because I know he loves me and I throw all of these worries that I have, all of my anxiety on him. Who, who, who do you hear in Hollywood talk like? Maybe somebody does, maybe an exception. I don't hear that. But the Christian talks like that. And the Christian does that. In fact, we don't just do it in small steps. Peter says, cast all your anxiety on him. All of the things that worry you. All of the things that are on your heart. There's a lot of weird stuff going on today, and it's been the same way since the fall into sin. The world hasn't changed. And so no matter what Christian is living at whatever point of time, the encouragement is the same. Cast everything you have on him. In fact, wouldn't it be arrogance to say, Lord, I've got all all this stuff going on in my life, but no worries, I can shoulder this. I'm going to do this myself. And then to not talk to him about it. Isn't that what the unbelievers do? Isn't that what the heathen run around doing? Weighing themselves down with all of their worries and burdens? They have nowhere to go with it. Where do they offload these things? And when Peter says cast, it's kind of a fishing term, but it's an intensive term. Throw it. Unload, offload all of these things because he does care. And that will never change. When Christians don't, when people don't stay in the humility of faith and pray, you're setting yourself up for something that's lurking around the corner. Peter says, Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion 
looking for someone to devour. A, a male African giraffe can get almost two stories tall. A male African giraffe can get up to about 18 feet tall. Now, I always, as a kid, had this notion that there's no way a giraffe can hide. The thing is so big, the thing is so lunky and lanky, it, it's, it's just a popsicle for a lion if, if it's ever out, out there in the Serengeti. Uh, it's dead meat. And then, a number of years ago, I was able to go to Zambia, to South Luangwa Game Park, and we're driving around on a little safari there. Hey, do you see the giraffe? What giraffe? Behind the acacia trees, behind the, the nature and the geography of the wilderness and, 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 and the land, it was like 20, 30, 40 feet away, and you couldn't see it. You, it just blended in so majestically and perfectly that finally, after you, you, you knew it was there and you knew what you were looking for, it, it popped off the page. But it was really hard to see, just a natural camouflage. And it shattered my entire notion of stealth. Because a giraffe wasn't even trying to be stealthy. But a lion is. When Peter uses that term, prowl, that's not a good word. It combines two notions. Stealth and a sinister motive. Satan has both. With everything that he has going on, he is looking to make your soul his next carcass. And so Peter says, knowing that, knowing what's lurking around the corner, resist him, standing firm in the faith. Do you know what that means? It means don't move an inch. I know the notion is to run wild or to run scared. No, don't budge. You don't move an inch. You resist him by standing firm and you don't move an inch by standing firm in the faith. In the grace of God in everything the Bible reveals to you about Jesus Christ and what he's done for you. Don't give that up for a moment. Don't give up the forgiveness of sins. Don't think that somehow it's on you and the burden's on you. And don't let Satan distort the reality of everything Christ has done from his incarnation to his, to his Easter celebration and victory. Don't budge a moment that God has declared you righteous in his sight through faith and it's yours. Because Jesus did it for you. Whatever record you have of sins, and you know it well, and I know mine well, it's paid in full because Jesus died for it. And whatever you think you need to do on your account, Jesus did that too for you. And he did it with perfect humility, perfect execution in his life. And so God credits the life of Jesus Christ to you, and it's yours for free through faith. Don't budge an inch on that because I know people who do. And this is where we get the shortcuts. Yeah, you, you, you really don't need to go to church every Sunday, especially with summer schedule coming up, because, well, you know this stuff. It's just not that important. I mean, and Sundays are one day of the week we have off as our family, so we can, we can go do our family stuff. And pretty soon you're going once every four weeks or once every six weeks. Oh! Sunday school, great thing for the kids. Send the kids to Sunday school. But the parents can go do whatever they want. 
That's really stuff for the kids. But once you grow up, you don't have to do that Bible stuff anymore. Do you see how we cut corners on this stuff? Grace is important a couple of times a year. I can give you over my 20 years of ministry examples of people who thought like that. The problem is most of them are not our members anymore. And sadly, most of them are not Christian anymore. Why does it work that way? That when you start cutting corners, when you're budging and giving an inch, that often that's the slippery slope that happens. Why? Because you're not putting up resistance. You're not using what the Word of God offers you. And Satan loves it when Christians do that. His mouth salivates over this because you're prepping yourself to be a tasty snack. His mouth salivates because, well, I think the worst scenario is when people do know the word of God and they disregard it. And that's what's happening to a lot of people in America today especially. Parents and grandparents have been raised with the word of God and they're walking away from it. And they're not putting up any resistance anymore. Peter's answer hasn't changed. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. Everything Jesus did is a miracle for you. And it works. Forgiveness is real. His life is real. His death really happened. And your forgiveness is guaranteed in the presence of God, which means heaven is really for you. If a giraffe finds its camouflage in nature and can conceal itself so well, do you know what it is for the Christian? Hide yourself in Christ. Find your perfect camouflage in Jesus where Satan can't find you. He can't hunt you down. And he won't win. This recipe that Peter's giving to you today, it's the same recipe that he gives to every single Christian around the world. To pray, stay humble and pray. To stay humble and resist him by standing firm in the faith. And his final encouragement to you is to stay humble by persistence. One thing that I suspect Joseph had is this notion that I'm all alone in the world. Here I am down in Egypt and I'm the only Hebrew. Uh, and all of my brothers and family are together. They've got the encouragement of one another. They've got it so easy. Here I am down in Egypt all alone. Woe is me. Uh, God doesn't love me. That, that's my opinion of what Joseph thought. And he would have been wrong. Don't you realize the brothers had just as many problems as Joseph did, just different ones? They had to struggle with guilt of selling Joseph into slavery. They had to struggle with the guilt of seeing their father um, think Joseph is dead and, and struggle with that all of his years until finally the truth came out. They had to struggle with, with earthly issues like a famine. They had all kinds of struggles too. And if you open your eyes and take a step back and look at every single Christian, don't look at Facebook because everybody's perfect on Facebook. But if you open your eyes and look around the world... Everybody's struggling. Every Christian. This is not easy. But the one thing Christians do and they have in common is they persist in the word of God. 
and they hold to the grace of God and they're not giving up on it no matter what their earthly circumstances are. And from that word of God, in that humble state God has brought us to be and that we're staying in, God is the one who promises he will make us strong. He will make us firm. These are Peter's words. He will cause us to stand firm. And so he continues to give strength to you, to support you, as he did Joseph through that, as he did Daniel in the lion's den, as he did Stephen before Stephen died horrifically by stoning. God supports his people. But especially with the fact that he sent us Jesus who persisted for us, who didn't give up for us, who went the distance for us, and guarantees heaven for us. It really is for you. But it's just a little while longer. Life is going fast. Stay humble. And hold on. With prayer, with resistance, and with persistence. Amen. Please stand. We confess our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Dear Lord Jesus, lead your people through time and any trouble to the home you've promised. Give us perspective that time flies and that we should not lose heart. Build us up with encouragement from fellow believers to persist and enrich our faith and firm our practice so that no enemy or false teaching separates us from your love. We also entrust the graduates of our school into your loving arms. Care for your people and bless your church. And we join to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated.
Blessed Lord, you have given us your holy scriptures for our learning. May we so hear them, read, learn, and take them to heart, that being strengthened and comforted by your holy word, we may cling to the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.
Morning, everyone. Welcome to our guests and visitors. Thanks for coming today, and please come worship again. Just a few announcements for you. Um, the Bible study today is going to be in the gymnasium, and uh, Pastor Bodie's going to lead that. We're building up to a, a summer series on the life of David, and so this is a little bit of a preparatory one. How, uh, how did uh, history lead up to the circumstances for David's life in general? So please join us at that. Uh, Bible study is going to be a little bit shortened today because we're blessed with a, a wonderful brunch. There's a, some great food down in the gym, and that's hosted by the families of the graduates in the second service. So they're happy to do that. So please come on down for food, both for body and soul. wanted to make an announcement, too, that the Weedings, our principal and his wife, um, Michael and Melissa, they have found a home. They have an accepted offer on one. Uh, it's Yeah, it's exciting. It's in New Holstein. Just wanted to keep you up on that. So they'll have a little bit of a commute, but uh, they're just thrilled. And part of the reason they're really excited to have it is they have a lot going on this weekend and even this coming week. Uh, I saw a Facebook post that one of their kids graduated from WLC. They had, a, I think, a confirmand today, another kid getting married, I think, next week, and then another kid graduating from something else in Marine School or something. So uh, it's really a busy time for them, and for them to just have a home, they're, they're just thrilled. So thank you for your prayers on that, on their behalf to the Lord, and, uh, and uh, God is seeing things through. So very excited there. Uh, this week, uh, Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary has their call day and call services, and you can go to the seminary website if you want to see their live stream. On Wednesday night, they assign the vicars, and Thursday morning at 10, they have assignment day in the service for uh, the seniors that are graduating, so the pastors that will be soon to be assigned as pastors. Uh, so that's always an exciting thing. And then in the back, there are two tables set up. If you could just, if you haven't already, confirm your information. All of this work in the back is prepping our data for putting together a, um, a member directory, photo directory, and we're hoping that happens in July, August. Um, so just keeping up to speed on that, but we'd like to just make sure the essentials before they go to print. So if you don't mind checking in at the tables if you haven't done that. And then uh, before we get to my last announcement, anything from you for today or the week ahead? And I want to thank the choir and Luther and Gillian and uh, instrumentalists. Uh, just very blessed. So this is also our choir concert, if you can't tell. That's why they sang three times. And we're, we've just been blessed by the choir and